go again. It's another week. Back live. Third week in a row, should I say, with the Gentleman's Dojo. I'm one of your co-hosts, Gary Cannon. My good buddy, Steve Byrne, unfortunately could not be here this week. He is working in New York City at Gotham Comedy Club all weekend. So if you're out that way, check him out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the following week, Steve will be at Laughs in Boston, which I heard is a great club I've never been. But we are hoping Steve will be jumping back into the dojo very, very soon and can be part of our show. But I know Steve is not here today, but we have another Steve. That is, well, I just cut that music very quickly. Uh, we have another Steve <laughs> nice that is fade. joining us. <laughs> nice fade out. Very professional. We have another Steve that is joining us. A uh, good buddy of mine, one of my best friends <clears> in comedy, who was also a part of our show probably a year and a half ago when we first started. Uh, he had an amazing documentary that came out called Dying to Do Letterman about his journey with cancer, trying to get on the Late Show with David Letterman. He is now here with us co-hosting on behalf of Steve Byrne. Please welcome my co-host for today, Steve Maison, everybody. How about a little round of applause for Steve? Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, I'm very excited because, here's what's great, uh, the fact that Steve Byrne (laughs) is not here uh, is a bummer, but Steve Maison uh, is a big fan, as well as I am, of Mm -hmm. our guest today, who I'm so excited to have on. I'm so excited that he agreed to do this because both Steve Maison and I are such huge fans of his. Uh, listened to him for years and years and years. And the fact so that he excited. agreed to do this with us is absolutely amazing. So we would like to well, welcome you know, to the Gentleman's Dojo. Amazing, I have another gig July 4th. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a proper intro. Please welcome to our show. Who could it be? From the Howard Stern Show, Jackie, the a joke, joke man, man, Martling. Yes. Woo! Welcome. To the Gentleman's Dojo. Now, you're back east, correct? I am back east, and you really should say formerly. You know, formerly. people don't even know I left the show because they play so many damn reruns. But it was it was 16 years, so I think the official cutoff, cutoff point uh, as 16 years should be no longer from the Howard Stern Show. Well, formerly. I, di- I disagree because I know people that, are, that, that mm-hmm. said that they were on Last Comic Standing, and basically they showed them standing in the line <laughs> to get in an audition. So it's like people will use any credit. Any credit you can get. Any yeah. credit as a form of entry into a club. So I, in my heart, you are still part of the show. Yeah, you're always right, part of the show. That's good enough for me. I am not going to argue with you. Hey, Steve, Steve, how the hell are you, man? Good, Jackie. Good to hear your voice. Uh, long time no I, see. Hope to see you soon. Hope we cross paths. I am thrilled. But, I just today. I'm celebrating today. I just mailed out the official uh, pictures for my book. My book is done. Oh, fantastic! But I had to pick the pictures. You know, it's really fun picking out pictures of yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did uh, at least you get some control over it, right? So now, <laughs> so you have a lot going on, which is mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, we have so many questions for you. You have a lot of stuff going on, and I know that you and Steve work together in Vegas, right? Yeah, was it Vegas or was yeah. it Detroit? I thought it was Where Vegas, was it? the Dirty Show. Me, oh, me, oh, and Jackie. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, uh, I was on Jackie's Joke Hunt. That's what, That's it, was. what it was. That's in, what in New York City. Yeah, yes. You know what? That was. Those weeks came and flew by. Oh, no, I'm sure you had so many. I couldn't believe it. Dirty jokes. When I just saw that, yeah, 400 shows. 400? It was so much fun. Just filthy jokes. An hour of filthy jokes every week for eight years. 
<laughs> wow. And so that's right. You were out yes. in New York and you did that show with him. But we have mutual friends because you've been out to Vegas and you've done the Dirty Show with Gabe Lopez and our buddy Phil. So uh, there was that connection. But I forgot that you did. You know what's funny show. about uh, uh, the Joe Hunt I was on? Because usually usually people, they're like, oh, my God, you got this crazy story about Letterman and the cancer background and that kind of thing. We didn't even really get to my story. Jackie, I don't know if you remember this. I was on the same episode as the uh, the couple – that had to get married immediately when they met. Do you remember that? It was like some some show, oh, Married at First was, Sight. Do you know that they're still married? Yes, those, I know. It's two crazy. People are still married. I think they're having a baby. That you know, that was a guy that opened up for me one time, and like a year later, yeah. he calls up and he says, "I'm on a TV show. Can we come on the Joe Cut?" And I'm like, yeah. "Sure." You it know. was so one of those because yeah, usually you're like, oh okay, we'll get we'll get to talk. I was more interested in that guy's story. I was like, who gets married at first sight, right? Like it's hard enough it, to be married to, married to someone worked, you love. You know, and but the thing was, the girl was a, a beautiful. I'm She's like, gorgeous. you're gonna tell me you just showed up out of the blue and this is the broad they hooked you up with? <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Oh, so that's exactly. crazy. Oh, so they're still together and still going. Yeah, they're still t- yeah. still together today. So so wow. here's what's interesting. You have a brand new book coming out later this year, right? It's uh, The Joke Man Bow to Stern, which is a very, very uh, witty title, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> and the foreword was written by Artie, correct? Yeah, who's, uh, who's you know, we've, we've become even closer pals. You know, so many people say, oh, it's so good to see you guys getting along again. Yeah. He came on the show nine months after I left. There was never any animosity or any turnover or anything. People have no idea. You know, he's a good character. Isn't that, isn't that just kind of the idea of the show anyways? Even in, this is probably something you created about the show is that uh, is that you you there is some pretend animosity or there's drama that you create drama about everything. It's it's what, you know, Howard's great at and I like I said I think it's almost the the idea you're a comedian you love to give people shit. It's that just becomes the thing, right? Like it, it yeah, didn't matter yeah, if there he, was any well, real he blows animosity. Things up, you know, and yeah. but the, he blows things up so much that the people Take it to the next level, level on their own. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, yeah, right. it, it's a whole, it's a whole animal. You know, I meet people and they insult me just because they think that's what right, Howard would like them to do. Of course, you know? sure. So, so you, you, you guys have definitely. Who do you still talk to, or who do you still keep in touch with from the show? Well, I'm in touch with John somewhat, but he's way out there. Uh, me and Billy are in pretty constant contact, and uh, Billy West and Fred went to lunch a while ago. Uh, and Howard and me, you know, uh, insult each other via email once in a blue moon. You know, we send uh, happy birthday texts, you know, uh, emails rather. You know, and I went to lunch with Robin about a year ago, but it's very sporadic. Very sporadic, you well, know what I mean? Was it yeah. just, listen, I mean, there's so much stuff about you out there. I mean, you're very open about, you know, the show and the relationship that it was to you and, and all this other good stuff. Was it just a kind of a kick to the balls when you didn't, go to the wedding when you didn't go to his big yeah, birthday that was, show. That was an absolute kick in the balls. That was not, yeah, that was not theater. The fact that I wasn't invited to the wedding and, uh, and you know, he had a 60th birthday show and right. uh, we were on his channel on Sirius XM and Sirius XM to him a 60th birthday show and a birthday party. And me and my, my partner on the show weren't invited. You wouldn't, I got about 30, Texts from people saying, "Can I be a plus one at the party?" And when I told them I wasn't invited, they say, "Come on, you don't have to bullcrap me, you know." Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, real we reason. weren't invited, which is so weird, you know. Yeah. What do you think the the deep down reason was for that? Any idea? Like, do you, you have any? Know the deep, 
down reason is because if we showed, well, if I showed up at his at his wedding or that birthday party, if one person went up to him and said, "Howard, man, it's really great to see Jackie again," that would wreck his whole day. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds so petty, but you know, there's got to be a reason. You know, don't I you never think- heard him. I don't think I ever fingered Beth. <laughs> you don't think hopefully you will remember that that's it that was that same episode of the joe contest <laughs> i'm not sure i could reach but, you know, it, who the hell knows what the hell goes on you know i i had a good run i made some money you know i'm at the point now where i'm old enough that i'm not going to run out of money before i die of course with my luck i'll live to be 95 you know I mean, but what was but I'm fun, you know? so base? I mean, it seems like your attitude on it is is still really good. I mean, there's no, you know, obviously to see what the show has become, you know, but but I mean, it still seems like you're in a great place and still actively yeah, keeping busy. You would not busy. believe what it's like to be me. I get in one day, I get five reviews of that show and they range from the show is so much better than it ever was to the show sucks since you left. And everything in between, and they're all listening to the same show. Same I'm show. like, right. and, and what, number one, they think I care. I never listened to the show when I was on it. I never listened to it, and uh, it's no animosity or anything. I'm just not a radio listener, and uh, and it's very strange, you know. I just, you know, it was funny. I made the most money I ever made in my life the last year I was on the show. And then, according to my accountant, I did a nine eleven on my bank account. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> what is because I know that that the criticism already had of the show was basically that you know Howard's becoming this sellout now of putting people like Ellen DeGeneres on the show, who we clearly mocked and criticized for years and years, yeah. and he's becoming now one of those people that he always made fun of. I mean, what what's your take on that? I you know I I to quote Richard Belzer. Uh, physical science has not come up with a unit of measurement to express how little I give a fuck. <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, who cares? You know, I'll tell you, the whole thing, if you looked at his book, Private Parts, and look yeah. at the back, he says, uh, here's the secret to being happy, and there's like five bullet points. And it's almost like he went right down the bullet points and did every one of them. You know, he went Hollywood, he ditched the wife and got a trophy wife, you know, that all the things he said don't ever do, he did, you know. Right. But so what? Yeah. Everybody's entitled to do whatever they want. Sure. You know, sure. People, people say, oh, I'm always going to be married to my wife, and then they get divorced. Like, who gives a shit, you know? I, I also think, too, and, and, and people don't realize this because when you have money, when you're at that stage of wealth in your life, it really doesn't make you that happy as much as you think it will. Like, you know, look at uh, Johnny Carson was said to have been one of the more miserable guys in Hollywood. Right. I mean, you know, you could look at like Letterman, you know, what a recluse that guy's become. Yeah, I mean, you don't even see him. Me, listen to me. For years, I would I would freak out. Every time I opened my wallet and there was $100 bills in it, mm-hmm. I'd say something. And my wife, Nancy, she'd say, Jesus Christ, will you stop with the melodrama? Enough already. <laughs> and I would always say, listen, I didn't have a penny. For 38 years, I was broke. I did. I got my first paycheck in 1986 from the Stern Show when I was 38 years old. <laughs> so looking in my wallet and seeing hundreds, that was a strange, strange thing for yeah. me. And I'll tell you, you know, when you're when you don't have any money for that long, you always think, man, if I had a few dollars, I would I would be just the happiest camper. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, it's like you got five problems on the shelf. And one of them, one of the big ones is money. And all of a sudden you make a couple million dollars. All you do is take that problem down off the shelf. And by the time you put it down, it's already another fucking problem right, <laughs> right. in its place. 
Right. It's just no money, problem, more problem. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's always something, right? I mean, there's always an issue of some sort, and you know, it's not. It's not going to change your lifestyle. I mean, look at. I mean, you know, Steve and I talk about this all the time. I mean, look at comics that have a pilot, right? And maybe the pilot doesn't even get picked up to series. Doesn't even get the first thirteen episodes, but. They got a pilot, like a guy like Tom Rhodes or these other people. Like, how many people in America can even say that they got that far, especially you know, in this cup of business? You can't compare yourself to people because you would go nuts. That's the secret right. to, to happiness is to not compare yourself to anything because you just go berserk. You know what I mean? Well, that's that. That's the crazy thing well, about it. I was on the show. I used to go, well, I'm stuck on the Stern show, and <laughs> yeah. here uh, Richard Jenny got a pilot, and John Mendoza right. got a pilot, and then all of a sudden they got a show. But a year later, they, they lost the show, and I'm still on the Stern yeah, show making still... twice as much as I did the year before. So, well, you know, the grass is always greener. You know yeah. what I mean? And you spent, yeah, was it, what, 15 years, like, full-time on the show, right? It, it just, it was just so great. It just went on and on. And I'll tell you, I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. Uh, when I left, it was, it really was, you know, I wanted more money because I was earning it. And yeah. I, it. Believe it or not, it was not about money as much as it was about fairness. Right. Sure. You know? Of course. And, uh, yeah, people can argue all day long. Cause I, I put all the figures in my book and when people see the amount of money that I was making and the amount of money I left, most people are going to go, what are you, an idiot? Yeah. But the truth of it is, I wasn't an idiot. You know, I made a deal with myself. Right. You know? It seems seems like that from the outside. But if you're on the inside of that, you know what other people are getting paid, what the industry standard is, all that kind of thing, then, yeah. Well, I used to say, you know, it's like it's like telling Ringo, hey, you're getting paid plenty for a drummer. It's right. like, I'm not a drummer. I'm yeah. the drummer in the Beatles. And people right. get mad at me for that, you know. It's like, yeah. The... It's hard to stay happy. <laughs> I haven't had an orgasm in like five hours. <laughs> that... You know, it can make you crazy. Is, is that. Hey, you know, enough, Howard. Let me tell you, when yeah. Conan first came to New York. Yes, I wanted to hear this show, story. Yes. I went to Caroline's for something, and he was on the show. I don't remember what it was about. I don't know whether he was promoting the show, whether he was doing stand up, whatever. And I had never met him, but I'm a comic. So I wrote mm-hmm. this horrible note to him. But I'm a comic. I was totally fucking around like, hey, Red, you know, you're you're an embarrassment. You shouldn't be so tall. Or whatever it was, I just was sitting there laughing to myself at what a great note I wrote him. And then he never responded to it. And I said, holy shit, I hope he didn't think that I thought I was some kind of guy on the Howard Stern show. And I was coming from some place where I was fucking with him. So you get just if you get a chance, tell him the the note that I sent him twenty years ago. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, great, I, I, I can finally God, button up that so that story that I was worried about. It's pinned to his dressing room door as a reminder every day. What was <laughs> what was the well? You know, it's funny too, Jackie, because you know, obviously, I do get to do warm up on these great shows like Conan and all these other shows, and you know, obviously, it would be nice to be in front of the camera. It would be nice to be on air talent, but you're like, wow, I'm one of the lucky few in L. A. that get to make a living doing this great gig when, like you said, all these people who have had pilot deals come and go and you're still getting to do warm up on the lot, hanging out with everybody. I mean, it really, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes you pull focus to what's really important. Yeah, no, no. It's, you know, getting by is the whole deal. And if mm-hmm. you're getting by and doing what you love, you know, I never set out to do radio. Yeah. I never set out to do radio at all. I don't. I never set out to be a comedian. I, I bombed as a musician, and I didn't know what to do, and I knew all these jokes, so I started making records. Then Howard got my records and said, come on the show, and then everybody liked me. So it, 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 I kind of find, fell into everything, you know? Yeah. So, that's... like, if, if I got to be a comic, I did a crummy job of it. 
But I did just enough comedy. I mean, he got my three albums. This guy must be hot shit. He's got three albums out. He didn't know that I, you know, I, I wrote him in crayon. And my- <laughs> <laughs> Still counts. Still counts. Hey, I got to tell you something. I, I finally, after all these years, got to tell a joke to Paul McCartney. Oh. I've always said that if I got a hold of him, he would like me because I know he loves dirty jokes. So, well, I got to tell one joke. I got to tell you a joke I Love told it. Paul McCartney. A guy goes for a job interview, and the interviewer says, what do you think is your biggest fault? And the guy says, I think my biggest fault is my honesty. And the interviewer says, I, I don't think honesty is a fault. The guy says, I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to tell that to Paul McCartney? That's pretty huh? funny. I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, Paul yeah, he, he rolled. He rolled. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Where did you, where did you get to tell him that joke at? Where, what was the context we of that? We went to a screening. Uh, Barbara and I went to a screening of the big short that was uh, oh, yeah. produced by Lorne Michaels, and it was all glitteri. You know, it was at the, at the MoMA, at the Museum of Modern Art, and everybody you could imagine was there, and McCartney comes down the stairs, and Barbara goes, oh, there he is. You've got to tell him a joke. I said, listen. The reason McCartney can go to something in New York is because nobody's going to bother him. There's not one person in this audience, in this, in this room, that doesn't think they got a perfectly good reason to go up to Paul McCartney and tell him where they were in 1964. But right. they don't do it, and that's why he can be here. And then the son of a bitch comes around the circumference of the room, and him and his wife walk right in front of me. And I, Jesus, the devil just got me. And I just put out my hand and stopped him gently and said, "Can I tell you a joke?" And he said, "Sure." And I told That's him the awesome. joke, and he, hey, he rolled, and he laughed, and he walked away. And I was like, Jesus, I felt like a dick for doing it, but I'm sure he used the joke. Cause <laughs> what was it's on his new album. What, what, was, <laughs> what was the inspiration for the book that's coming out? What was the uh... – Is this your first I started book, started the book? I started the book in 1994, and I was fooling around with it and fooling around with it, and I've been writing stories forever, and everybody – always told me, oh, your stories are so great. You know, they, I mean, it's tr- true stuff, but people like my writing. And then uh, as time went on, I, then I, the book came and it went and it came. Finally, this guy uh, at Post Hill Press, I, I got an agent and he got me to deal with Post Hill Press. And, you know, they wanted a lot of stern stuff. And I said, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'll do some stern stuff and then hopefully they'll like my writing and maybe I'll get to do a sequel. So the books, you know, like 30% me and then 70%. It's all me, but it's a, a lot of stern show from my point of view, you yeah. know, and it's funny. Yeah, anybody that's a stern listener or uh, will get a kick out of it. And even if you're not, they're, they're generic enough to enjoy. And even if you know exactly what what, what was going on, because so many people listen to the to this show so many times in the reruns and everything, just to hear it from my point of view, it's a little yeah. different. You know, if a guy takes a dump in the radio station – you know, that's going to be funny no matter who tells it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie, was this your so first? I'm is, excited. This is the first book. I know you've had joke books, but this is the first kind of book of stories and that kind of thing? Your life? Yeah, bi- yeah no, I never had a regular book. I, I had a joke book that sold like 100,000 yeah. copies in 1998, Simon & Schuster. That well, this was a, this that is what was I love joke. about you. As, as a, you're, you're always seem to be on the, the edge. You always have something new. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just love that you have the, the joke line. Uh, the phone line, that was, I mean, how many how many comics were thinking of that a, in the it's 70s been, it's to do that? 18 years, 516-9221, and people like, how come you didn't retire from that? I said, yeah. because it's been costing me money for 18 yeah. years. <laughs> Jeez, if I was Jewish, I'd be rich, but it's cost me a fortune, I think. <laughs> 
But yeah, but I that, still love it. But you you were on that. Like people could call in and get a joke. You you you're one of the guys that CDs, DVDs, cassettes. I assume back in the '80s boom, what were you walking around like? What would you bring to the shows to sell? Was it were were they cassettes then? I know all comedians were very happy when you they know, went to in, CDs in, and in stuff. In 1979. Well, you know what? I want before we wind up being done with this. Tell everybody I tweet a joke every day at 4:20. Yes, at yeah. Jackie Martling. So if you sign up for my Twitter, you get a joke every day at 4:20. That's fun. In 1979, I quit music and decided to try comedy. I had worked in a studio, so I knew how to make an album. Six months after I was in comedy, I had an album. I recorded yeah. it on cassette and edited it myself, collected money from 15 different people, 100 bucks from 15 different people, made my own album. And I'd stand there and sell my albums, like at Pips or wherever. There were no comedy clubs. There was no East Side Comedy Club. Right. If it wasn't for Pips, you know, and then there was barroom shows. And I'd stand there and sell my albums for five bucks, and the guys would make fun of me. And then after, <laughs> after a few months, they're like, wait a minute. We made 30 bucks a piece, and Martling made 30 bucks, but he sold 10 albums and walked out with an extra 50 bucks. And all of a sudden, right. Jackie wasn't such an idiot. Everyone starts copying. Typical comics, right? And then yeah. I did another album, another album, and then I sent them to Howard, and that impressed him, and he called me up. So the albums were worth it, you know. Yeah, obviously. Is it true? Uh, did is it true the Rodney Dangerfield story that he he kind of helped you in the beginning with that? Like uh, uh, he did with the production. What happened was I sold him a joke. That that's one of the best. That's, that's a great story in the book. That's okay. a great story. Yeah. You know, I I, I got a friend of mine. You know what? I don't want to tell you this story, but I, I told <laughs> right. him a, a great joke, and he said it was the greatest joke he ever had, and it's uh, and it's a classic. And, and all those uh, accusations about stealing money from him—that's all cleared up in the book. So I'm excited. Okay, about good. That. Well, we can read that. But he, read the he book. was a, he was just a fucking riot. I mean, you know, he wasn't funny, funny. He was just a funny character. Funny it was guy. like walking around with a cartoon, right? You know. And so and, I'll tell you the one of the funniest things he ever said in his life. We're in Fort Lauderdale at Easter time in 1980, and there's like girls in bikinis, you know, 20 deep wherever you looked. And we're walking down the beach, and there's all these girls in bikinis. And he turned to me and said, "Don't you wish you could just fuck anybody you want?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like. You know, yeah, but you don't really have to say that out loud. <laughs> we were all thinking that, but yeah, we don't express Jackie, it. Was there anyone just because you're so ingrained in that scene? Like you're, like you said, you you you're touring with your your band, the uh, the Off Hour Rockers, right? Yeah, yeah, and, we're not tour. We we didn't get very far. We Beck, played these little bar rooms. We see, sucked. You, know? you leave them, and you kind of you get into comedy when the boom happens in in the eighties. And obviously, you, you joined the Stern Show in the mid eighties. But up to that point, was there anyone? No, you... no, not when the boom happened. We helped start the boom. I, I, me and Richie Minervini had a show at a, at a, upstairs in a restaurant in nineteen seventy nine, and it did so well that that blossomed into East Side Comedy, comedy. Club which blossomed into Chuckles and Governor's, Governor's Comedy Shop right. and Jimmy's Comedy Alley. We, we did, I did so, yeah, so much there to help the start the boom. It's, it was unreal. You know, guitar amplifier and speakers and a microphone, that whole deal, you know? that's It's so exciting. I mean, because, again, we look at – now we look at that as the, the glory days. But like you said, you're at the beginning. Was there anyone you saw in the beginning? You know, obviously you have some Rodney stories. Was there anyone you saw in the beginning you're like, oh, my God, this this guy's going to be a star. He's going to be picked up. People are going to love him. Or vice versa, anyone you thought this guy's going to be a star oh, you and didn't go anywhere. Them? Yeah, watching him you know and you're what? like, oh my God. I'll tell you, like, uh, it, nobody, nobody was looking. Eddie Murphy was so cocky. Yeah. And he wasn't all that funny, but he was, um, I, I swear to God, when he was 16, he was, he was like, I'm going to be right? bigger than the Beatles. 
I'm going to be bigger than the Beatles. And, and he got bigger than the Beatles. And yeah. it was like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, while I was doing my second comedy album at the East Side Comedy Club, Eddie came up to me and said, Jack, you got an album? I want to have an album. Help me make an album. I said, sorry, Eddie, I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> what, was there anybody... My life is strewn with, choked up with uh, stories like that, what, Gary. You wouldn't believe was it. Was there anybody like on the other side where you're like, oh, man, this guy's just not going to make it. I mean, just awful, awful. And it turned out to be a huge success? Well, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't awful. He just wasn't anywhere. You just didn't look and see superstar. His confidence was better though, than his so comedy. Weird. I, at the Rainy Night House in '79, I saw Paul Reiser on stage, and I was like, "Boy, this guy is wasting his time. He hadn't got a funny bone in his body." And two months later, I came back to the Rainy Night House, and I don't know. I, maybe I got more sophisticated. He probably did the exact same shit. I'm like, "Wow, this guy's so He's funny." Really you know, it, it's just, it's a moving target. Mm-hmm. It really is a moving target, you know? Yeah. Is it interesting for you to just kind of see from when you started, you got the boom started, to now where there's these comics that are becoming YouTube internet sensations that are then going out on the road, selling out comedy clubs, even though they don't have more than six minutes of material? Like, is that, it's got to be just an interesting transition for you to see from where you were to what... You know what? I swear to God, I don't pay attention. I, I You know... I don't. I can't tell you the name of a hit record since 1971. I don't know anything about these comics. You know, people say, "What com? What are the new comics that you like?" And I'll say, "Well, I really like Chris Rock." <laughs> you know, oh wow! You know? And I'm not snotty. I, just, I just don't pay attention. You know, like this. The people come and go, and it's so fast. And you know, it, comedy's hard because if you see somebody up there killing it, kills you. But if you see somebody bombing, it kills you. You know, yeah. it's it's a hard thing. It's a, a bus driver's holiday. You know what I mean? So yeah. you like, don't know. I always feel bad when somebody's really, really famous, and you go up and you look, and you're like. You, you really don't know what they're laughing at, but that, but you know, it's got nothing to do. Much better that they be laughing and not me than them not laughing and me <laughs> laughing. You know what I'm saying? Well, it is interesting because Steve and I talk about this a lot when you see people do late night TV appearances, and the host will introduce them by saying, "Oh, you could see them at you know the Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis this weekend," and you watch their set and you're like, "What? What, what are they hosting? Like, you know that there's no way that they have." headlining material. It's just a completely different yeah, nut. Right. If that's the crescendo, right. <laughs> right. how are you going to sit through the first 30 minutes? If you're you know? coming out doing your five best minutes, which I'm assuming you're doing, and then you're going to go headline somewhere, it's absolutely impossible. There's no way. But, but you know what? But I can't watch that, and I can't, I can't criticize because I never did any of those shows. I never got any of those shows. So God bless them. They got on there, and I didn't. So uh, to what degree is it sour grapes, you know? Like sure. I, it's it's a very strange animal. In Gary, in Gary's degree, it's a hundred percent. You know, and I'll tell you, and I I never attempted to to do any of that because I I'm not even a comedian. I just tell these filthy old jokes, and I just love it. But it, it does drive me crazy that I've never been on any of the cable show, uh, cable, had my own cable show or anything. Jackie, because they have tried every fucking thing under the sun yeah. to make people laugh right. on cable TV. And I've, I've been destroying audiences for 40 years. Sure, I'm telling old stupid jokes, but so what? You yeah, know, I'm people getting love the job them. done. Yeah. I, I'm not up there to, you know, to educate anybody, to make them smarter, to make them think. I just want to make them laugh. And people... Very often, people say that's the hardest I ever laughed in my life, yeah. and I'm like, "Well, tell somebody." Spread <laughs> the word. <laughs> Get a job at Hollywood. You, Jackie, I actually met you before I did the Joe Hunt. I was on live at Gotham, and you were you came to the after party, and. Um, 
you know you, what, Steve? I was sure that I had met you at yeah, Gotham. Yes. So you and you came up and said, uh, uh, you know, hey, great job up there, blah blah. blah. And I, I didn't recognize you at first. You're, you're much, uh, if you allow me to say, you're a much, much more handsome man in person than I had expected. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so well, I didn't well, recognize I you. At I don't first. like you saying that, but if you want to give me a favor, you can please say that again. <laughs> so you walked now, away. See, who were you on with? I must have been there to see somebody. I was probably um, there. I, I the think I was with Daniel right? Oh, I, the the yes. guy from The Sopranos. I can't think of his name. He now. was hosting. He was he was the host that night. Yeah, he uh, used to book Riviera. He was he was uh, Sopranos brother-in-law. Um, oh, Sharippa. Sharippa. Steve Sharippa. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you know, it. Steve Sharippa booked me at the Riviera for like yes, eight years. Yes, yeah, right. He was running the Riff forever. But yeah, anyways, you a, came he's up. He's a said, very good pal. Said he's nice a job. Real good guy. And then I found you again because I was like, "Oh my God, that was Jackie!" And he, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of yours. So it was it was so nice to for you to say that. But it was it was great. I have a question about your your music career. Looking back now, so you've had this amazing career, just like Gary said, uh, just to be even be involved with one of the greatest comedic shows of all time for as long as you were, and it to help mold it. But looking back, just because you got started in in music as well, would you have rather uh, been a, looking back a music star? Or uh, uh, the biggest yeah, comedy no, star. You know what? I, I didn't have the chops to do music. I, I wouldn't change anything. I yeah. mean, what band, if you weren't in the Beatles or the Eagles, yeah. what would it compare to being in the Stern Show? And right. even them, you know, I mean, we really were at, at the pinnacle. I mean, to this day, if I'm walking along talking, somebody turned their head spin around and say, yeah. I know that voice. Right. You know what I mean? We were, you know, even if you're in a rock and roll band and they play your songs five times a day, that's nothing as compared to five hours. Five I mean, hours, not right. that people were hearing me for five hours, but they certainly heard me chortling and be, acting like an idiot for five hours. You know. Yeah. It, it was just it was it it made New York such a small town. You know, if I was late, I'd be riding along an expressway, and on every side of me, the windows would be open. <laughs> you asshole! Get to work, you fucking asshole! You know what I mean? That that's the Long Island Expressway going to the biggest city in the world. You know right. that's. It was it was just it was just so stellar. Yeah, there's I nothing to compare it. to that, right? It does sound like you're though you are still going out and doing some stand up dates. I saw on your schedule. Oh, God, like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, I do. You know, it's so funny though. Like the, a couple months ago, I worked at the Orleans Arena with like you know seven other guys for for Phil Iazetta. We did a huge yeah, concert with Eight Billy guys, Gardell and Caliendo. People. Yeah. And then, like, two nights later, I'm in Jersey for 90 people. You know, that's just how it goes, you know? I, right. I just love it. Yeah, it's so different. It's so different all the time, right? It, all, all the time. And people say, do you, you know, do you really still enjoy it? And I, I don't know whether I got myself hypnotized, but, but I do. And I laugh harder at those jokes every goddamn time. <laughs> I just don't know. I just, it's, you know, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a robot or something. What are, some of, what are some of the places you still love playing? You still see your calendar like, oh, wow, I really am excited to go there. Yeah, you know, I, I really love, I used to, my favorite place was Rascals. That was so great. Oh, I'll tell you, August uh, uh, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, I'm going to Boston to work Giggles in Saugus, which is, uh, Lenny Clark's brother Mike's place, and it's a little place, a little square, a little rectangular room with 200 yeah. people, and it's me and Lenny Clark. I don't know if you know Lenny Clark, yeah. but he's one of the sure. funniest motherfuckers yeah. ever. And you know, and I, when he's up there destroying, and I have to follow him, <laughs> and the two of us just mop the room up. I mean, I'm like, you know, everybody in the world can't follow fucking Lenny Clark, so I feel good about myself. Yeah, and the room it. is so good, but it's tiny. It's a it's a pizzeria. 
You know what I mean? But it's but it's killer. And if it's good enough for Lenny, it's good enough for me. You know. Hey, do you think this, Jackie? You you bring up a good point because I I think when I go out on the road. Those are still my favorite rooms, the ones that are kind of the holdovers from the 80s. You know, the the tiny ones where they pack people in like sardines. You know, the, now when they build a new improv, it's a big showroom right. with, with comfy booths that sit eight people and people can stretch and, out. And that and does stuff. not work for comedy. Right, and isn't I it better you know to what? be? I gave up. They had this place in the city called Comic, C-O-M-I-X, X. and I went in there, and they had, like, railings. Yeah between the tables and i just said you know what i give up you know people don't understand you need banquet tables and seats close to each other packed together because comedy's kinetic comedy's kinetic and i probably haven't said that in 15 years because i'm so tired because if you start telling people that oh he thinks he's a know-it-all he thinks he knows it's not know-it-all it's simple it's simple you know kinetics it's mathematics you got if i'm sitting next to you and we're close and i'm laughing you're laughing. Yeah. That's how it works. It's you know? a mob mentality, for sure. Well, and the dynamic of the clubs has changed over the years, too. It's not about comedy. It's about selling burgers and these big entrees and appetizers. And, you know, it, it really isn't about the comedy. I mean, they don't – most clubs don't care who's on stage as long as somebody's on stage occupying and distracting while they're ordering food. Which is, Yeah, which is just sad. You know, it's just sad. But, but you know – that said, you know, I'll, I'll, sometimes, you know, you work a really little crap hole, but it's really fun to, to, right. to you know, the people are like, wow, it's really funny. You know, I stand up and they say, I, you know, I know more jokes than anybody in the world. That's why I'm playing to 95 people in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, you know, and it's, <laughs> and it's funny, but, but who cares? Now, you know? Now, yeah, what a life. Now, question for you. Are, are there things in the book? Eight inches. <laughs> which is too wide for a lot of women. Were there are there things in the book that people and you already mentioned the financials. Is that the first time that you've because people I'm sure always wonder, hey, he left the Stern show because of money. I wonder what he was making, what he asked for. Is well, this, is, you know, so many people have have uh, tweeted and emailed and written about how much I made and what this is definitely what he made and this wasn't what he made. I just put people are going to criticize me. They're going to say, "What are you a jerk for putting the real figures in there?" And I don't care. I just would like people to know, because some people are going to go, "Wow, I thought he was making three times as much as that," and other people are going to go, "Jesus Christ, how the hell could you have left that?" Especially comedians. You know, if you're making a lot of money and you're sleeping in your own bed every night, Mm -hmm. you know. Aside from all the pussy you're missing out on, that's a great deal. You know. Right, right. Will you and release? Steve, you know, you know the myth of all that pussy. You know. <laughs> yeah. Will you release your tax returns, Jackie? That's what <laughs> that yeah. is the issue. Yeah, then they're gonna smell like tuna fish. I now listen, I got something great for you. You ready for this? Yes. I hope your listeners are listening. Yes. This is the dirtiest joke I know, and I can't do it in my act because it's too disgusting. All right, we'll You've take it. You've come to the right show. But, we'll take it. But, but you can tell it on the radio, and you can tell it to your five-year-old. Okay. okay. Oh, wow. But I can't do it on, on my, in my act because I won't do anything that will slow people up and make them gag. Okay. Okay? <laughs> a lady calls the doctor, and she says, Doc, I got diarrhea. Can I take a bath? And he says, if you got enough. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? It's one it's one for all ages. I gotta tell you. That's a joke for the ages. All ages. Give us give us a couple more of your favorites. We want to hear a couple more of your favorites. Let me, before you jump in, Jackie, I just want to say, how much do you think 
you know, your your shows themselves, you can hear on the CDs. It's like a party, right? Like, it's just it's just fun. Like It's just fun. It's your just laugh. one joke after the other after the other. I'll tell you, this one, your laugh I do is this so one infectious. early in my act, yeah. and it throws them. A girl goes to the gynecologist. She says, Doc, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I keep finding postage stamps from Costa Rica in my vagina. And examines me. He says, lady, those aren't postage stamps. Those are the stickers from bananas. (laughs) 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 And my closing joke, it's the oldest joke in the world that gets the biggest Uh, laugh in the world is a cab driver picks up a nun. He looks of you, Mary. He says, sister, you know, he's fantasized about being with a nun. She says, yeah, you and everybody else. You Catholic? He says, well, yes, I am. She says, pull over. He pulls over and she gets in the front seat and gives him the best blowjob he ever had. And she gets done. He says, Sister, I, I, I got to tell you something. I'm not really Catholic. She says, Yeah, my name's Ralph. I'm going to a costume party. <laughs> <laughs> They're just. You know, how can you not laugh at that? Right. How the fuck can anybody not laugh at that? <laughs> right? So funny. So many. How many, how many, uh, one, uh, how many jokes do you think yeah, you have? Yeah, you ever what, try what, and keep a total? Yeah, what, what's your thought? No, well, in my act, in my act, I think I do like 150 or 200. You know, Jeez. people think it's a thousand because I go so fast. So quick. You know, but the, as far as how many there are, I mean, we did Jackie's show cunt for you know 402 400 shows. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, but that that doesn't count. There's a lot of repeats. I'll tell you. No, do we lose him, Jay? Thank God we did. Right before the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost I'm not Catholic. That's okay. And he disappears. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get to hear I got to tell you, I, I know he's going to call right back yeah. in, but I mean, just such such a amazing story from like, start oh, to finish. Great. I mean, it, just, it, you know. Listen, it's oh. easy. Hey! Hey, he's back. <laughs> we lost you again? Coming back. All right, here we go. Here we go. Jackie fucked this all up. But I just. <laughs> yeah. F Jackie. F Jackie. The Jackie puppet. Hey! Isn't it just great, still... though? Like, just hearing that laugh of his. Oh, my God. How, oh, my God. How I Here we go. We got it. We got it coming through. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, that's my phone's way of telling me that I talk too much. <laughs> At least you got the punchline out yeah, before we were... the, uh, the nun and the cab driver. At least we got that out. Yes. Jokes. I got six CDs out, okay, right. and they're 80 minutes long, and uh, there's not a repeated joke on any of them. So six times eight, you know, that's uh, 480 minutes solid yeah. jokes. Okay. In other words, if I started telling you jokes at the bar, I wouldn't start yeah, repeating myself, you know, for, for 480 minutes, which is what? That's like seven or eight hours. hours. And meanwhile, you know, probably one-third of the jokes I know are on those CDs. So, you know, they, it's a little bit crazy, right? Jake, do, you, do you have one like that where uh, people still come up? Let's say I, yeah. I, so many people would know you, especially once, like you said, your voice is iconic and your laugh. Uh, but let's say you run into those people, like they found out you're a comic. They always say once someone finds out you're a comic, oh, tell me a joke. And obviously you're, you're perfect for this because you know so many. Is there one that you always go to? Is there a go-to that you have? Like, okay, I don't have to worry about this person's, you know, temperament or if they like dirty or not dirty. Like, this is my No, no, well, one thing I do is (laughs) (laughs) 
people used not so much anymore, but in yeah. the old days, pe- people would come and say, "Oh, you're you're so dirty. Yeah, you're so dirty. Tell me a dirty joke." Or like a girl say, "Oh yeah, you're so dirty." And you know when people, you know when they put an apple on their shoulder like that, right? Right. And I say, "How do you get a gay guy to fuck a girl?" Wow. You, you shit in a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, now that's you've, horrible, you've but never... that's only because they put, you know, they <laughs> right. put something they're, on my shoulder. You you know? right. What I'll usually tell them is, <laughs> is you know, I love, I love the, you know, the bananas joke, right. and I love the, the, uh, the interview joke is, right. is the greatest. I, I think these would know, be perfect for I late night. Think, uh, <laughs> I don't think honesty is a flaw. That is a flawless, wonderful, wonderful joke. Listen, I but think... usually what I'll tell people is the last one I heard that made me laugh really right. hard, you know? Right. Hey, can we do a uh, stump the joke, man? Can I? Yeah. Can I give you my what my present favorite joke is? Oh, and by the way, I think I think the shitting in the cunt is perfect for Fallon. I think that that uh, I think you should get back out there. He sold it to you. That was from Ellen. <laughs> then she did a dance. You know my story okay. about Fallon? No. It's so funny. You know, when you start getting famous, you start getting interviewed more and more, and. You know, you don't have answers, and eventually you got to have stock answers for everything because you get asked the same things, that, you know, and people get sick of hearing you say, oh, I don't know, where'd you hear your first joke? Oh, I don't know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't know. So you have to go back in your mind and think about it, and people are always, I'm sure this happens to you guys, people come up and say, I want to be a comedian. What do I got to do, do to be a comedian? I'm sure you get that, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So long ago, and it's funny because I read Matt Damon does this, and my friend, Sean Young, the actress, she does this, but I didn't know that at the time. People come up and say, I want to be a comedian. What should I do? And I say, quit. Mm-hmm. And they say, what? I say, yeah, give up. You haven't got a chance. Yeah. Now, the reason is it's so impossible, and there's so many hurdles, and you can hit so many brick walls. If me telling you to quit is enough to even slow you down, you're not in the right place. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So there was, it was like, you know, it was for a very good reason that yeah. I would say that because it, you know, and I would explain after the interview, you know, and, uh, years ago, Fallon got on Saturday night live and then he got almost famous and he called the Stern show to promote it. And he had never been on the show before. And how yeah. it's like, Oh, it's really great to have you on Jimmy. He said, Oh yeah. I'm a really big fan. It's nice to be here. He says, you know, I, I met you guys before. And I was just, what are you talking about? He said, well, you remember when you ran for governor? Like in 1995, Howard was going to run yep. for governor in New York. And we all got in a bus and went up to Albany. And Fallon grew up just outside of Albany. He said, when you guys all came up to Albany, when you run for governor, he says, I wanted to meet you guys. And I went to the bar and I saw Jackie at the bar. <laughs> I went up and said, hey, I want to be a comedian. And he told me to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was How his motivation. That? <laughs> now he's you know, whenever I run into him, he say, oh, you got to come on the show and tell that story. I'd say, Jesus Christ, I'd kill to come on the show and tell that story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you wanted you to stop the joke, man? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. do oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I didn't mean to throw okay. it out. That's all right. We had time. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, this is my, my favorite recent joke. Um, okay. So I went to a movie last week. And uh, up in the front row, this lady's sitting there, and I know she's got her dog with her in the movie, right? And if it's not like a seeing-eye dog or like a, you know, security dog or that kind of thing, it's uh, it's a real dog, like a, you know, 60-pound, you know, golden retriever. The movie starts, and this dog isn't, like, laying there. He's watching the movie. 
You know what I mean? Like a happy part comes on and he's like, <sighs> he's excited. He's kind of having fun. There was a sad part and he was kind of like, the scary part, you could tell he was shivering a little. It was crazy. Like, he's watching the whole movie, right? The movie ends. We walk out into the lobby, and I see the lady there with her dog. So I go up to her, and I say, excuse me, ma'am, can I ask you something? She's like, sure. I was like, I noticed your dog. He looked like he was watching me. He really seemed to enjoy that movie. And do you know the punchline? I'm sure it could be something like, no, he didn't really enjoy it. He just wanted to make everybody else think he enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so the budge, the budgeline is, that's a good one. The budgeline is, so I say to the lady, hey, it, it, it's crazy. He really seemed to enjoy that movie. She's like, it is crazy because he hated the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because so many jokes like that. I mean, yeah, I, I, right. You know, that, that's. That's a great joke, and it's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> I love it. It's ridiculous. No, no, it's wonderful. I was at the Cannes Film Festival, and you know, people always try and tell me jokes I haven't heard. And, you know, and I really should I, I should have known that because uh, y- y- you had me thinking because there's so many jokes about the dogs in the movies. You well, know, you know yeah, about the exactly. old couple. No, the guy, this guy, <laughs> this guy's friend calls him up. And uh, he's a down-and-out musician. His friend calls up and says, hey, listen, I'm making a movie. I need some music for my movie. I'll pay you money to make some music for my movie. He says, oh, that'd be great. So he sends him, he's, I don't need, you know, you don't need to see a movie. I just need some background stuff. Just send me some tracks. So he sent it. And then the, you know, after a while, the musician calls on and says, hey, I'd really like to see the movie with, with my music in it. The guy says, well, i got to tell you the truth. It's, it's a porno movie. <laughs> the musician says, well, look, I don't care. I, I want to see it. Well, it's only playing in one place down in Greenwich Village in this real seedy theater, but go ahead down there. So the musician goes down to the theater, and he goes into this grungy, crap-hole porn theater. There's nobody in the whole place, and he sits down, and while he's sitting there, a little old couple comes walking in. The little old couple sits down next to him, and he you know, feels a little weird, and the movie starts. And five seconds into the movie, a guy comes out, the girl comes out, they strip naked, they're fucking and sucking and going crazy, and a few seconds later, the... There's a big, huge Great Dane comes out. And within a couple of minutes, the Great Dane is fucking the girl, and the guy's blowing the Great Dane, and they're all over each other, and, they're go- and, the, and the musician is feeling really uptight. And he turns the old couple, and he says, it, 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 this is my music. And the little old lady says, we're here to see our dog. <laughs> <laughs> so great so great wow so, I, so i'm thinking that that's where your joke was going so right, i wasn't right. thinking about what, like what the yeah. end was i'm thinking how the hell is he going to twist it into that well, you know plus you've i'm sure you've seen this because you did the you know stump the joke man forever and everyone takes a joke and again this is what you're amazing at uh takes a joke and then you kind of make it your own right so the details change a little bit like if it was just, you know, a stock and, and probably read the same way every time, you'd probably know where it's going. But everyone, you know, sprinkles everything different, right? Well, Gary, all this is, it's a classic game of telephone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you fill in what you don't really remember. Right. And I'll tell you, as early, in like 1975, when I was playing in a band, we told jokes in the band. We were two in act that played, played songs and told jokes. And... We told so many jokes that people would always come up to me at the bar and say, I got a joke for you. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, well, I'll start from 10. And by the time I get to zero, if I don't know the joke, I'll buy you a beer. Mm-hmm. And I never bought anybody a beer because yeah. I got to the point where if a guy says, you know, an Indian and a priest are going down the river in a canoe, 
within a couple sentences, I realized it's yeah. one about the rabbi and his and his daughter going to the hotel. You know right, what I mean? Right. You see the parallel so fast. The mind just yeah. zooms to the end. You know, it, it, it's a stupid talent, but I just know how to do it. Yeah. Of course, that's pretty stupid to say after you just got me old, with the oldest, greatest joke <laughs> in the world. And, and by the well, way... joke in the world, man. Somebody will come up and say, why the chicken cross the road? And I'll go, fuck, I got a brain for it. I know I know this one, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, hey, what's the sitcom, by the way? You were talking about the sitcom as well. Oh, oh we, we, did, we did a sitcom pilot called Shoot Me Nicely. And you can see the whole thing on shootmenicely.com. Okay. It's an 18-minute pilot. Uh, Linda, what, Linda Hamilton from Terminator is in it. Oh, wow. And William Sadler, who's the bad guy in a lot of the Marvel movies, is in yeah. it. And uh, Jackie Martling is in it. And it's it's really it's really fun, and we're winning awards. We won some awards in L.A., and we're uh, it just played in uh, Pasadena the other day. And I'm coming out there to Sonoma in uh, at the end of this month. We're gonna it's gonna play. We won an award in Germany. We won awards in Manchester, and uh, the guys from Sky TV in Europe really loved it. So it looks like it's gonna get picked up. That's so great. I'm going to be in a sitcom just in time to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because uh, I'm looking at the website, the uh, shootmenicely.com, and, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of dates. The uh, the Sonoma Film Festival on March 30th and April 1st, and then the North Hollywood Cinefest on oh, March 28th. Go. Yeah, there's a couple of dates. This is great. Yeah, no, no, it, it's and people are loving it. You know, it's it's goofy, but it's really fun. You know, it's really fun, and I get a lot of email about it. And Elias Plagiano, the director and writer, is just a, a charming guy. And he came on Jackie's Joke Hunt one of the first times, and he said, "Man, I love you. I'm someday I'm going to write a, a part for you in a play or a movie." Or and sure as shit, he wrote this he this huh? part of Larry the Landlord for me in his in his movie in his, in a sitcom rather, and it's fun. You know, it's great. Well, I got to tell you, Jackie, I, I, truly, I, I hope you will be on our show when you come to L.A. and you can come here in studio and be here with us because truly one of my favorites. So and and I got to tell you, I can't wait for your book to come out on the 24th of October, yep. The Joke Man, Bow to Stern. Uh, you can get it now, pre-sales, right? You can get it on Amazon if you go to your website, if you go to Jackie it's, the it's Joke Man. It's not my website. It's a specific uh, web address for this book. It's Jackie the Joke Man. Right. Dot com, one word, jackythejokeman.com, and I'm telling everybody it's coming out October 24th, so if you have friends that are Stern listeners or old Stern fans or old joke fans, it's the greatest Christmas present in the world. You order five of them, it comes in the mail, boom, you got your whole Christmas taken care of. You Look at that. And get paid, get drunk, one click. Shopping. And, <laughs> and still, every day, 420, the Jackie Martling joke of the day at Jackie That's Martling. Better. Yeah, at Jackie Martley. It's really fun. Listen, tell Conan I would kill to come on the show. I would love. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of uh, credentials I would need, but. Uh, I would love uh, doing the warm up. I love, no matter what. I would love doing the warm up and announcing that you were on the show promoting the book. And by the way, 516 922 Wine, which I always still laugh at because when Richard and Sal do prank calls, they leave a number. <laughs> it's always this number that they leave. <laughs> they always say. Over the 15 years. Thank you. All those years. Once in a while, some idiot be on the phone. 
phone and I put the number down. How it go? You know what? You're a really good guy. I'm going to give you my home office number. I want you to call me. You must have given out that number fifty times, and we would just pee ourselves every time. I got to tell you, I, I just to hear your voice yeah. uh, over the phone, and I, I'm so excited to meet you in person when you come out to L.A. Steve's obviously had the pleasure of working with you and, and being on your show, and I got to tell you, we, we get to do this podcast every week, and there are some that I, I look forward to more than others, and uh, this was one that I was so excited about since you agreed to it a couple of weeks ago, and I can't say thank you enough for being part of this. So uh, Listen, I'm ex- I love Steve, do you remember what number uh, Joe Clint you were on? Ooh. Gosh, I don't. You know what? It just came up in my memory, so I know it was like three years ago. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to look it up because I'm, I'm going to put it in my Dropbox and send oh, you well, a link to it so you guys can listen to it. So oh, we like love it. it. That's great. Yeah, we I love it. it. Yeah, that would be Because I remember, I remember I was in the car going somewhere, and I was trying to listen to it, and I remember when you were on it. I was yeah. so envious because I was like, oh, my God, this is yeah, so cool that you got to do you that know, show. We'd be on at 5 o'clock, and we'd build an audience, and all of a sudden one week they'd say, oh, we've moved you to 7 o'clock, and then right. we'd be on for a couple of months, and then, oh, we're moving you. They kept moving it. You know, they were, like, daring people to, to hear our show, you know, mother hubbard. Well, I'm excited to read the book. I'm excited to see it and uh, excited to see what happens with the sitcom. And I'm so excited about this uh, pilot thing that you got going on. You're going to be out in Sonoma. Again, uh, shootmenicely.com for that. And, again, go to uh, Jackie's website, which is uh, JackieTheJokeMan.com for his book coming up out on October the 24th. So, Jackie, thank you again. I appreciate all the promotion. I would definitely come in there and hang with you. Would love it. Have some fun. Would and, love it. Uh, I'm going to send you a pile of my stuff. I got your street address, right? You gave me yes. your street address. Yes, I did. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. And, Steve, it's nice talking to yeah. you. And uh, you, this couldn't have been more delightful. You guys are so flattering. I know you're probably sitting there with your fucking fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Jackie, let me say this. I'm a, I'm a, a, a big Artie fan, but I still consider Artie was in the Jackie seat. That's the That seat open right now is the Jackie seat forever on that show. So. Huge that, fan. Yeah, so always you got to know how you. flattering that is. You yeah. know, because that's a pretty amazing show. To mm-hmm. so that's been a, a pretty decent part of it. It's a nice claim to fame. You of know, I, I I can really live with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing to to knock there. Absolutely. Thank you for being part of this, Jackie. We appreciate it. All right, and I would love to do it anytime. You love know, it. So if you get a cancellation or if you want me on, just call me. I'm I'm ready any minute. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you, guys. Bye, Steve. Bye, Gary. Thanks Bye, again. Jackie. Thank you. Wow, what a good guy. That was so much fun. Absolutely loved it. So, guys, don't forget to check out his website, uh, JackieTheJokeMan.com. His book comes out on October the 24th. So exciting. Oh, sorry. Cue the music. <laughs> I'm usually not in charge of the music when Steve Byrne is here. By the way, Steve Mazon, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, they can find me at Twitter at, at Steve underscore Mazon, M-A-Z-A-N. I also have a podcast, the Mazon Movie Club. Oh, yeah. Look that up. Uh, if you're into movies, uh, you can find us countdown. The top on 100 movies. Top 100 movies of all time, and uh, would love you to chime in about it and uh, get included in the podcast. What so, movies yeah. have you done already? So far, we've done uh, for a few dollars more. This is the IMDb movie list. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, we're going down that. Uh, this week was uh, 2001. We've also done Singing in the Rain and Glorious Bastards. Um, some other. I can't think of the. There's been like three. L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential. Yeah. You were on. Yes. Uh, and so yeah, check out the by the way, if they still haven't in. seen your movie, uh, Donnie Do Letterman, Letterman, that's Letterman. available. Great yep. movie. Amazon Prime or Amazon.com, you can check it out. Uh, got to have you in as a guest uh, about a year ago yeah, to promote so the movie. Which fun to be in studio. So it. much fun. And uh, again, Jackie's uh, website, JackieTheJokeFan.com, and also his other site uh, called, um, where is it called? 
Oh, shootmenicely.com. Also, I just want to let everybody know Steve Byrne is not with us today. He's in New York. Hope he made it there safely. He's at the Gotham Comedy Club, March 16th through the 18th. Then the following week, March 23rd through the 25th at Laughs Boston in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, again, thanks to everybody here at All Things Comedy, to Bill Byrne, Al Madrigal for having us here every week. I have been your host, Gary Cannon, along with my good buddy, Steve Mazon. Thank you for listening Thank to you. The Gentleman's Dojo. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.